Here we go again. The latest on the Omicron variant, what we know and what we don't know about what the World Health Organization is now calling a new variant of concern. Plus, Cyber Monday is here following a Black Friday that was relatively tame in terms of both sales and violence. Monday Need to Know. Let's go. morning, everybody. This is Cheddar's Need to Know podcast for uh, November 29th. And I am Carlo Bersano here with Baker Machado filling Ooh, yeah. in for Jill today. Morning, Baker. How are you, man? Yes. Hello. Happy second day of Hanukkah to you, Carlo Bersano. Oh, yes. Happy Hanukkah, everybody. Yes. Everybody's going wild today, at least at our apartment, last, at least last night, uh, for the first night of Hanukkah. Uh, by the way, how was your Thanksgiving last week? It was good. It was a nice, a nice four-day weekend. You know what? Every time we uh, come back from Thanksgiving, it's mm-hmm. such a great reminder. We need more four-day weekends oh, in this country. The four-day weekend is so clutch, dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, we three-day weekends are good, obviously, but four-day weekends are really you oh, get yeah. you get just enough time to really unwind. I think part of my presidential platform, I think, will be figuring out a way to uh, <laughs> to get us some more four days. Maybe uh, once, maybe once a season at least. Right? I I love the things we keep adding to your presidential platform. You know, uh, getting rid of daylight <laughs> savings time, more four-day weekend. I mean, every day I feel like you're getting more and more voters. I'm for the four-day week. You. I'm for the four-day weekend. And just that way my body can recover from all the mashed potatoes yeah. and turkey that I ate. Like, I just, I like, I, I keep saying to myself, like, it's okay. You can go to the gym, you know, someday. It's okay. But I, you know, I just yeah. feel so fat right now. And it's, I don't, I, but it, it, it's also a lovely fat from Thanksgiving. Yes, it, uh, that's for sure. And uh, we had, Franny had her first Thanksgiving. She Ooh. got to... It, she had to eat a little mashed potatoes and gravy. Well, eat is a uh, is one way to put it. It went mostly all over her face, but uh, what, what's she got the a faces? little taste. What are the faces she makes when she eats something for the first oh, time like that? Oh God, it's the cutest thing ever. She just like her eyes bulge and like she <laughs> she's just like she she like puts her head. She doesn't really know how to like use the right. utensils yet, obviously. So she just right. kind of like lunges towards the food. It's amazing, and it's just it's also just so messy. It just gets absolutely well, of course, everywhere. but also but like it's worth when- it. But when your brain is processing something so lovely for the first time and you're you yeah. she will think of mashed potatoes for the rest of her life based off of that first time <laughs> trying it. So it's sort of so. amazing after that. Uh, so, Carlo, that's is. all the good news. Let's obviously start the day with uh, the devastating news today. Uh, we got to start <laughs> with the latest in this fast moving story about the new covid variant. Japan and Israel have temporarily banned foreign workers all in light of the new variant, which was dubbed Omicron by the World Health Organization. The U.S. and the EU have now moved to block flights from several African countries. Omicron, first reported by researchers in South Africa and has now been confirmed in multiple countries, the U.K., Canada, Israel, Belgium, the Netherlands, Germany, Italy and Australia, but not yet here in the United States. The vaccine makers all rushing to test the new strain against their shots, and they say they won't have results for at least another two weeks. Dr. Fauci telling the White House it'll take about two weeks to have definitive data on Omicron and that the variant could already be in the country. Uh, We should note uh, President Biden is going to uh, be addressing the nation later today about uh, what the health officials have told him so far about the Omicron variant here, Carlo. 
And I am just glad that I uh, I was forced to learn the Greek alphabet as part of my fraternity hazing. Because <laughs> I always remember they made us learn the Greek alphabet, and I was like, "Why will I ever need to know this?" And yes, here I am, yes. fifteen years later, and now I do need to know it. It's finally coming in handy. But in all seriousness, look, I think this thing probably is here already. I mean, I think if we've learned anything from the past couple of years, it's usually that by the time that they start these travel bans, it's probably already too late. Um, but you know, you know, there, there, look, there's been a lot of bad news the, this weekend, a lot of sort of alarming news. Um, including this sort of got buried, uh, the relatively disappointing news from Merck that its antiviral oh, yes. pill actually much really less effective than earlier thought. That sort of that was part of this uh, post-Thanksgiving news dump that really spooked the markets and just about everybody on Friday here. So I, I think everybody just let's take a deep breath. You know, what, what are, what's our watchword on this podcast when it comes to COVID? Patience, patience, patience. Uh, the next couple of weeks are going to be crucial here in learning more about this. Fauci has said two weeks. Um, Pretty much everybody says that it's going to be two weeks until we really know much. So I think we just need to chill until then. The big question here, though, is how transmissible, how transmissible, I should say, is this Omicron strain when it comes to vaccinated people? Is it evading the vaccine? That's the thing that I care about more than anything else. Um, this one doctor in South Africa telling the Telegraph newspaper over the weekend that the symptoms actually seem to be milder than what he's seen in the past. Um, and notably, South Africa, where, where this uh variant was first um, discovered, uh, it has not seen an uptick in hospitalizations. That's something to watch also. It may just be too early to, to have seen that. It could also mean that Omicron is just not as lethal as the Delta variant. Uh, that's actually the best case scenario, really, when you right. think about it, right? That, that, that this variant is really super transmissible and then becomes the dominant strain around the world, sort of crowding out Delta and the rest. But the symptoms are actually very mild and it's mostly just a, you know, a cold or maybe a mild flu uh, for most people. So that's, I think, the bottom line uh, in terms of just like things that we can do here. I mean, I'll tell you what, I started to wear a mask again in congregate settings. I had basically stopped wearing my mask everywhere except for uh, in the subway. Uh, so I'm going to put it back on now when I go yeah. to the store, when I not, you know, not when I'm walking down the street, but when I'm in places with other uh, people who aren't in my household, I'll start to wear a mask again. So I suspect we're, we're going to know more soon. A lot of people are working on this. Uh, so let's learn from our past mistakes here and just not start. <clears throat> wildly speculating, I think. Totally, absolutely. That's the thing is, uh, every doctor that I've seen so far over the weekend basically saying the same thing, you know, only, you know, look for the facts right now, which there are not a lot of them right now, so it's not good to recklessly speculate. Again, if you see a story about maybe it's less effective against the vaccines, all that other sort of stuff, Take it a little bit with a grain of salt, depending on where you're getting the information from, because again, we will yeah. not know any of this information for at least another two weeks. And as Dr. Fauci and Dr. Francis Collins both said over the weekend, this is the best time, if anything, to go get your booster shot if you have not, just to give yourself yeah. that added layer of protection just in case. And that will be interesting, Carlo, to see if we do see an uptick in booster shots. We are averaging about 1.5 million um, uh, inoculations per day. Does that number sort of jump up in preparation for right. this. So that is definitely mm -hmm. something to watch. Let's move on and, and talk about the stock market, Carla, because investors obviously anxiously awaiting the open today after a shortened post-Thanksgiving trading day ended with huge uh, major indexes down about 2% each. Oil lost about 10%, that on fears of new lockdowns and restrictions. Now, futures this morning looking a little bit higher today. I saw the last check I saw about the futures board was almost like a 300-point positive open for the Dow today. But Friday, just a, a major sell-off across the board. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, that was uh, uh, that, w- that was panic selling. I think uh, yeah. what you saw there. I mean, that was probably a factor of there just weren't a lot of people working, not a lot of traders working. Uh, so it was really, um, you know, the, the, these downward uh, trends were really even more uh, notable uh, given the light trading. Uh, by the way, Moderna and Pfizer have both said uh, over the weekend that they could have uh, Omicron resistant boosters needed if they uh, if they need them. They could have them ready by the beginning of next year, thanks to the uh, mRNA technology that makes it very easy to sort of tinker with these vaccines. But we should just remember, I think that, again, we don't know, but there's probably virtually no chance that this thing is going to break free entirely of the vaccines that we have. It, it could be like Delta and that it kind of, you know, you have some breakthrough it, cases it, it, here it, and there. It, you have. Yeah, but I think it's I think it's unlikely. And I'm pretty sure Fauci has said as much that the vaccines are going to be null and void. We're not going back to March 2020 is what I'm trying to say. No, 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 no. We're so better, so much better prepared right now. And the fact that, again, you have to think what 64 percent of the population at least has received one dose of the vaccine. So you and Mm -hmm. most of the people who are being hospitalized right now, Carlo, are are almost all of them are people who have not gotten at least uh, vaccinated whatsoever. So we're in a much better position than where we were at March of last year. But there is, again, some worry because, again, the Delta variant is still out there. The Delta variant is still the highest uh, strain that yep. is still out there right now. And the big concern, again, as we start to move indoors for, for the colder days, do you see the COVID numbers start to continue to tick up? We're only up about 6% over the last two weeks in terms of new COVID cases. But, again, March, you know, remember, January, February, March of this year were the worst parts of the, of, of the COVID time because of the amount of people that, were, that we were losing yep. be, uh, during that time. Well, I think the one the the bad news here is that it's you know this is happening at the worst possible time for us it, just in terms right. of like because you have already coming starting apartment. to reopen again. Offices are starting to reopen. People are traveling for the holidays. People are going back inside. So it's not a good time for there to be a new variant. That said. Not really up to us, I guess, right? All right. So let's switch gears, Carlo, and let's talk about these these wild flash mobs that we've been seeing of, of looters over the course of the last few weeks that have been brazenly hitting stores across the country. Apparently didn't take Black Friday off. At least 30 <laughs> people rampaged uh, through a Best Buy in suburban Minneapolis, making off with electronics and other merchandise. In Los Angeles, burglars ransacked a Home Depot, stealing hammers and wrenches, as well as a Bottega Veneta store on Melrose, where they grabbed purses. But the worst incident was happening in Oakland, where a security guard working for a Bay Area local news crew shot and killed in this situation. Kevin Nishida died after he was shot in the stomach during an attempted robbery of a K-Ron TV news crew's camera equipment. I mean, I've been seeing f- yeah. videos uh, of these people, of, of groups in uh, Louis Vuitton stores, in Chicago ransacking these places. They're just going in massive groups and just uh, stealing so much stuff, Carlo. It's wild. Well, and for everybody who said that, you know, hey, it's, uh, you know, nonviolent, uh, you know, whatever, who cares about Home Depot, who cares Somebody about died. Louis Vuitton? Yeah, well, this guy died. So um, terrible. This this uh, news crew, they were covering a separate smash and grab at the time of the shooting. And, you know, TV crews often hire security guards to keep them safe, usually when they're reporting overseas. Uh, it's a little bit rare to have a security guard ha- on hand during a, um, you know, domestic story, uh, I That really only happens if it's a particularly dangerous story. But I think that just shows you that the crime situation in some of these uh, urban locations here is really out of control. Um, Democrat – I've said this before, right? Democratic politicians who do not take this seriously are doing this at their own peril. Uh, You know, criminal justice reform, which I am – all in, all in support of. It is 100% dependent on crime and not going up. Uh, if crime goes up, 
you know, reform, whether it's bail reform or, uh, you know, other forms of criminal justice reform, that stuff it becomes DOA. It's politically untenable if you've got images of people smashing uh, windows, um, you know, as though they can just do that without any sort of uh, repercussions. But at some point, you know, I feel like I'm the only person talking about this, but we also have got to acknowledge that a lot of police departments in America, especially in big cities, are essentially now in year two of a coordinated work slowdown. And no politician seems to have the guts to call that out. I haven't heard anybody really talk about this. And it remains one of my big, uh, uh, you know, sort of like pet theories here that the police just are not doing their jobs well, well I mean, you, I, they're not they're not on the streets in new york city that's for sure i've heard from people in chicago and los angeles san francisco they don't ever see cops walking the beat like they used to i i don't know this well this story is hard also because i don't believe there's any leads they have i don't think they have any idea who what group is behind this if it's a coordinated effort or if this is just a bunch of different groups in different cities that are doing it and nobody's been arrested nobody's been charged and, and so nobody has any idea on like when this would end so you're right carlo that that adds to sort of the the seriousness of this uh when you don't know if there's an end in sight or anybody's that's going to get held responsible for any of this um, but but it's also like just like i don't know it's not like it's that complicated like let's post some cops but in the malls or uh on the big luxury shopping districts well, right and let's a lot of these get, places are keep these guys from doing a this. lot of these high-end places by the way bottega you know louis vuitton they have their own security in a lot of these places so again i don't know how these people are being able to get in there uh, but but let's stick with the black friday because i want to talk about uh the the numbers on black friday because for those who did pay for stuff Black Friday actually a little bit weaker than expected in terms of online sales, at least, according to our friends at Adobe Analytics. The first time ever, sales did not grow from a year earlier, Carlo. Online shoppers spent about $8.9 billion during Black Friday. Analysts say the downward trend mostly affected people shopping earlier than ever. Foot traffic at brick-and-mortar stores also down about almost 30% from 2019 levels. That, according to Sensormatic, it, I... I almost wonder also, I don't even think the deals were as good on Black Friday as traditionally you you were accustomed to. And also today, just looking at some of the deals for Cyber Monday, I don't even think there are any deals on Cyber Monday. I feel like it's just a continuation of Black Friday. Well, I mean, at some point they have to just, we have to start just making this one thing. I mean, Black Friday and Cyber Monday, it, it, it's like, first of all, judging by every store that I've ever bought something from sending me like at least one email over the last week, it seems like we're already pretty much at that point. Like it's just kind of one sales event, right? right? And remember, remember Cyber Monday was created back in like the early 2000s because people didn't have high speed internet in their houses. So the idea was like, you go to work, uh, you know, you use that, uh, that, that broadband you get from the office to do some, uh, to do all your right. online chop. So again, right. that's a relic, a relic of history. Now that we all can do this uh, from our phones. Uh, also, I was out. Um, I was in the suburbs, uh, up at my parents on Friday, uh, Black Friday. We were going uh, to pick up pizza, and like the main shopping, you know, district up in Westchester Central Avenue. I was shocked at how the, the parking lots were empty. I mean, I, right. I couldn't believe it. I was like, right. this is the biggest shopping day of the well, year. There well, didn't seem to be anybody once, out. Once people started buying like a significant majority of all their stuff online, the idea of people waiting in line at 4 a.m. at a Best Buy to get yeah. a toaster on Black Friday, those days are over, really, in the sense. And yeah. you're right, because now we buy so much online, what's the difference then between a Cyber Monday and a Black Friday? And on top of that, I feel like most places started their, their, their deals like the week prior. So Black Friday is essentially became a whole week long thing yeah. here as a result of all of that. But it, it's interesting because 
if, if, if the retailers want to survive and brick and mortar want to survive, you sort of have to figure out a way that has a, a different deal for shopping in the store and maybe something online to basically right. separate Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Because if you essentially have the same deals across the board, why would somebody want to go to an actual physical store when they can do that on their phone at home on a Saturday afternoon? Yeah. And just speaking of sort of like the Black Friday, the macabre Black Friday trend in terms of uh, people dying, uh, three three dead. That's our Black Friday death toll for this year. Eight oh. injured. Um, that's the uh, highest since 2016. Mostly shootings this year. No stampedes. Mm. So I guess uh, but I, don't, I guess that's I, a plus. I mean, I guess it's a plus. And also, I don't think we see as many videos of people like fighting over items at like a random store like they used to when there was like limited yeah. supply on something. Uh, let's talk about uh, a, a big trial that's happening today, Carlo, the trial of Ghislaine Maxwell, the former associate and confidant of Jeffrey Epstein, starting today in federal court here in Manhattan. Maxwell has pleaded not guilty to charges of sex trafficking. That carries a sentence of up to 70 years in the trial that's widely seen as a proxy for the case against Jeffrey Epstein after his apparent suicide. Prosecutors plan to argue Maxwell was an active and willing accomplice in procuring young women for Jeffrey Epstein. The proceedings are expected to last about out six weeks here, Carlo. Yeah, Maxwell, she's being held in this uh, prison here in Brooklyn that is notorious for just being an inhumane hellhole. She's actually, um, I think her lawyers have repeatedly yes, requested have. That, uh, that, that, that she be moved out of there. And it does seem like it's uh, almost you know, too much even for somebody like her to, 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 to have to deal with. The big questions in terms of this trial, A, is she going to testify? Yep. One of the fascinating things of all these high profile trials lately, by the way, has been how often the defendants are being put up on the stand. I know, I know. Right? Rittenhouse, I mean, you have a Elizabeth Holmes, yep. The, the, and uh, Travis McMichael in the Arbery yes, case. true. Um, and by the way, before this, up. that never happened. Never happened yeah. because most attorneys would be like, do not do that for, for the risk of self-incrimination uh, here. Yeah, I don't think they're going to put her on the stand because I doubt that she'll be very sympathetic to jurors, but we'll see. Uh, the other question is, are we going to learn who her alleged unnamed co-conspirators were? Yes. Uh, this is a federal This is a federal trial, so it's going to be hard to glean this. There's no cameras in the courtroom uh, because it's federal. So, uh, you know, it, we'll still get reports out of there, but it's not going to be it's not going to be a, like the Rittenhouse case where we're going to be sort of like glued uh, to our TVs watching what happens. But just remember one other thing uh, when it comes to this. Uh, it was three years ago yesterday, actually, that the the Miami Herald published their first in a series of investigations into Jeffrey Epstein. Yep. They got this whole thing moving. Started, yeah. Yeah, none of this would have happened had it not been for those reporters at the so Miami true. Herald, which is just a reminder of the power of print journalism and, you know, the, the importance of it, right? I know everybody hates the media and I know everybody hates newspapers and reporters, but you know, we in this industry, and I'm using we very broadly here because I don't do work like this, um, but it, we still have an important role to play in society. Amen, Carlos. So well said. And by the way, that today, the Ghislaine Maxwell trial, not the only high-profile trial, also starting today, uh, Jussie Smollett, the former actor, uh, oh, yeah. also his trial in Chicago, uh, also happening today. Uh, let's talk about some really sad news that happened over the weekend. Uh, Virgil Abloh, the visionary American designer known for mixing streetwear with high-end fashion, died at the incredibly young age of 41 years old. Now, the cause was a rare and aggressive 
form of cancer that Ablo had been battling uh, in secret for about two years. Ablo was the man behind the off-white brand, which he sold to the French luxury conglomerate LVMH last year. Uh, he was named uh, creative director of Louis Vuitton, where he became one of the most prominent black executives in fashion, and just somebody, Carla, who was taken way, way, way too soon. Very sad. If you don't uh, recognize uh, Virgil Abloh's name, ask somebody young in, in your life. He was yes. uh, well uh -huh. known among uh, sort of like the, the, the street kids, the streetwear kids, I guess you'd say, uh, mm -hmm. in the country. He was really a modern renaissance man in the truest form, uh, dabbling in rap music. He moonlit as a DJ. He worked as a furniture maker in addition to his role as this fashion visionary. Um, but, you know, one thing that I just found fascinating about this, obviously, that nobody knew. Um, and I, I find it so interesting how we're seeing more high profile people who choose not to disclose um, that when oh, they're in true. poor health, especially when not disclosed that they're battling cancer, Bozeman. even even as they're dying, Chadwick Boseman, Norm Macdonald, yes, Virgil Abloh. It's it's fascinating. I think it's really this reaction to this era of kind of oversharing, um, and I find it really I, I find it really notable and really sort of um, I, I I don't know I like um, I, I don't know I want to say that I like it, but it's just like. I appreciate it. I appreciate that not everybody feels like they need to to keep everybody posted on their 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 health concerns and their health troubles and you know keep it amongst those who are they're really close with until until the end. You're so it's so true Carlo and if anything it just it furthers that saying, what's that saying? You, you just never know what somebody else is dealing with. Um, or or I can't, I, I'm mm. obviously messing up the, the, the phrase here, but you just, you never know with the sort of struggles that everybody's sort of dealing with on a daily yeah. basis or what everybody's sort of, what's happening behind closed doors. Uh, but again, a, a visionary in terms of streetwear designs, especially here in New York City where we really sort of celebrate streetwear fashion. Um, yeah. Somebody just taken way, 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 way too soon. Okay, Baker, let's do a little more to know before we go. Kick us yes, off here. very big deal at the Supreme Court today. The Supreme Court taking up the most important abortion case since Roe v. Wade today. That's when the justices, Carlo, going to hear oral arguments in that Mississippi case concerning a law that bans abortion at 15 weeks. The court could conceivably use this case to overturn Roe. Watch out for Brett Kavanaugh today. The questions that he basically asks today because he most likely the swing justice in this particular case. Yes. Um, also in Washington, former Secretary of Defense Mark Esper suing the DOD for not clearing his book manuscript for publication. That after the agency told Esper that he needed to take out parts of that book about his time working under uh, President or former President Donald Trump. Uh, Esper appears to be the most senior former federal official to actually sue for prior restraint related to a book manuscript. Uh, all right. All right. All right. Matthew McConaughey has finally decided he is not going to challenge Governor Greg Abbott in the Texas government governor's race, McConaughey posting a video to Instagram saying he's not planning to run, quote, at this moment. Uh, so no doubt this now looks like a two-headed race now between Beto O'Rourke and Greg Abbott here. Oh, God, Abbott is going to mop the floor with Beto, I think. I could be wrong about that. But Beto's just, been raising uh, a lot of money, but look, it's going to be really sort of interesting to sort of see what the climate looks like. But look, Texas over time, I mean, yeah. we've seen over the last couple election cycles has been trending more purple. So it'll be interesting to see if Beto sort of galvanizes that, but something to watch. You're good. Yeah. Point. I, it is. But I mean, he ran to the left of Joe Biden, who did not yes. do well in Texas. Right. So and, I don't and know. Joe Biden's we'll still see. not polling well in Texas. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, I think I don't know. I think it's just going to be a bloodbath across the board for Democrats next year. Uh, to the box office, Disney's Encanto won the holiday box office, taking in about forty million dollars domestically. That's not bad. It's also not great. Uh, not great, especially for Disney. Uh, meanwhile, House of Gucci brought in a healthy uh, twenty-one million for third place. So uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife came in second. Did you see House of Gucci? I did see House of Gucci. Watched it this weekend. Loved it. So campy yeah? okay. and 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 I was afterwards. My husband and I went down a dark rabbit hole of documentaries to find out more about the family and all that stuff. A lot of things I did not know, and Lady Gaga, awesome, so good. Uh, meanwhile, if you missed this news over the weekend, Carlo, sad news, Broadway losing one of its all-time uh, all greats as the composer, Stephen Sondheim, uh, leaving us at 91 years old. Sondheim, probably one of the most influential composers and lyricists over the last 50 years, was the man behind some of Broadway's most beloved shows and musicals, from West Side Story to Sunday in the Park with George. West Side Story, I'm so excited to watch here soon, Steven Spielberg's rendition of it. And again, all of that music was created and written by Steven Sondheim. And talk about a worker. This guy was, he was yes. on Colbert yes. uh, just a few days before his death. He was at, he went to some Broadway shows as they reopened mm -hmm. after COVID to check on them as he was nearing the end. Amazing, amazing life. Uh, and finally, an epic uh, rivalry weekend in college football poised to scramble the playoff rankings when they're announced tomorrow night. Alabama will move up a spot after they came from behind to beat Auburn in four overtimes Wild. at the Iron Bowl yesterday. Uh, or was that Saturday? Sorry. Uh, and Bama's going to meet Georgia in the SEC title game before that number five michigan upset number two ohio state under a blanket of snow at the big house in ann harbor that's the first time the wolverines beat the buckeyes since 2011 i think jill was probably going crazy at home watching that game <laughs> michigan will play ohio in the big 10 championship game and, and by the way huge hire in college football news lincoln riley leaving the oklahoma sooners oh, yeah. who are about to go to the sec he going uh, he's going to uh, usc usc finally getting a big head coach that they have not had since the pete carroll era a long time ago I'd probably rather live in L.A. than uh, Oklahoma, oh, too. Oh, yes. Ooh, I, yes, especially. That's harsh. That, yes, that's but harsh. I would, I guess, as, as somebody who used to live in Los Angeles, I would as well. <laughs> I'm sorry to our Oklahoma listeners. I've yes. actually been to Oklahoma. It's a, it's, a nice, it's a nice state. Okay, everyone, that's what you need to know for Monday, November 29th. Welcome back. Let's uh, hope that uh, this Omicron stuff isn't Amen. the worst news we've gotten. All right, guys, see you tomorrow.